0: This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. So in this episode of the podcast, I'm speaking to Lizette Van Riel, who is the founder of Doggy Lottery, which is a not-for-profit which raises money for dogs in rescue centres. Lizette talks about how she founded Doggy Lottery along with her cousin Lee when she lost her job at the beginning of lockdown. And she has since gone on to raise over £16,000 for 40 different rescue centres across the UK, which is just incredible. Lizette shares loads of brilliant advice on how she got the doggy lottery message out there and she also talks about what to do if you are trying to pitch to the media and your pitch isn't being picked up. So at the beginning of when we started working together it was really a challenge to get the doggy lottery story out there but Lizette kept going and kept going and she's since had loads of brilliant publicity. She's also just such a nice lady and her personal story about how her dog, Rescue Dog Beauty, who she found in Dubai in a shelter, inspired her to set up Doggy Lottery is just such a heartwarming tale as well. So I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast. Lisette is just fantastic and I would love for you to go and check out Doggy Lottery and the work she's doing too. Now for the main part of the show. So hi, Lizette. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Hi, thanks Rachel. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Thank you. So I'm really excited to have you here as well. So can you (laughs) tell us a little bit about you and what you do?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So my name is Lisette. I'm the co-founder of Doggy Lottery, uh, which we started in July uh, last year.
0: Fantastic. Okay, so what I'm going to do, because it's a really relatively new business only nine months yeah. old which is like crazy isn't it um it's just to kind of rewind a little bit and tell um I'll get you to tell me a little bit about what you did before the Doggy Lottery so what's your kind of background before you started um doing what you do now yeah sure
1: um so I was born and raised in the Netherlands my uh, mother and husband are from Manchester I've always worked in marketing and sales related um jobs um, in very different industries. For some reason, every time I um, changed countries, I changed industries. Um, the last country I was in before the UK was Dubai, and I was working in healthcare. I um, was in marketing, running um, running the marketing for a group of clinics, and um, I set up an IVF clinic. Um, but the, the one thing
0: that has stayed consistent is my passion for dogs. Wow. Okay. So that's fascinating. So you <laughs> went to Dubai um, and you're working, working in marketing and healthcare and that kind of thing. And then tell me about how, because I obviously know your story because I've been working <laughs> with you from right from the start, but tell me about how you ended up doing the doggy lottery and what happened in Dubai that really changed your life.
1: So in my spare time, I would help out at um, dog rescue centers and this one uh, particular center called Animal Action. Um, I was a part of a dog adoption day where I had to look after the dogs that were looking for a forever home. There was about 15 dogs running about, but this one dog, Beauty, uh, just caught my eye. She was the most happy dog, uh, running about, getting all the dogs engaged, uh, but she only had three legs. Uh, and I was like, wow, if I was looking for a dog, this would be the dog I would be adopting. Uh, but at yeah. the time, we were living on uh, in an apartment on the 16th floor. And my husband and I had agreed that was not a good environment uh, to have a dog. Um, but uh, a few weeks later, I saw a post on Facebook. Where the Fosters of Beauty uh, could no longer look after her. And she was in a crate at the vet uh, and nobody to take her. So um, I spoke to my husband and I said, look, could we at least help her for the time being, fostering her? We're like, yeah, we agreed. Yeah, that would be fine. Got her home. And needless to say, we uh, kept her and she never left us. (laughs) So um, yeah, it was, I've always had dogs, but she was the first rescue dog um, I adopted and she just gave me this, this huge insight to the rescue world and um, it made me interested in, in finding out more about you know, the reasons dogs get abandoned. Um, and it wasn't until we moved to the UK um, that I started researching the situation in the UK um, for rescue centres and rescue dogs. Because uh, I was hoping after being in Dubai and how bad the situation is there, I thought on oh, the UK, situation would be loads better um, but my findings were, were quite um um oh, horrific 130,000 130 000 dogs get abandoned each each year um and that was even before the pandemic so i don't even want to know what the numbers will be now um since the crisis um um yeah, so yeah, I was doing the research, and um, I just it was just urging me that I wanted to find a way of helping rescue dogs. So I spoke to my cousin Lee Brown, who um, has always had his own companies. Um, he was thinking of retiring until I spoke to him, uh, and uh, I said, you know, um, I'm, I'm researching. Um, the situation of rescue dogs rescue centers and I'm looking uh, to find a way of helping them would you be interested um in in helping me find a way of 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 raising money for them Um, he's also a huge dog lover uh, so he was like yeah definitely I'd love to you know help and find a way and um and work together um, and so, yeah, we started brainstorming ideas of, of how, how we could help. Um, but I wanted to find a way of getting the rescue centres involved. Um, so not just setting up a, a product and, and donating a percentage to rescue centres, but how could we get them engaged and help in that process? And, yeah, long story short, we came up with the concept of Doggy Lottery. Um and, and we help raise money
0: through an online lottery. Wow. Okay. That's fantastic and fascinating as well. So, so how did it go from like you having you falling in love with beauty and adopting her in Dubai and then coming back over here? Um, you know, what was it like bringing, bringing beauty back from Dubai? Was that quite a struggle or was it straightforward? How did, how did it kind of, how did you go from going to Dubai dogless and then coming back with this dog and with all of these ideas?
1: Yeah, that was a big challenge, Um, especially on the Dubai side, because you have to get permission to leave the country with a dog. Um, So we had to find the best way of doing that, first getting permission, then sorting out how to transport her. And then obviously the the time on the plane is quite long. It's seven, eight hours. Um, Then it was economically better to go via Holland um, so we flew to Holland with her, uh, and the poor beauty. When we arrived in Amsterdam and I picked her up, um, I opened her cage, and she literally just jumped in my arms. She you, she was petrified. Oh. I mean, well, can you imagine? You know, you don't know what's going on. You you you're in a dark place because you don't put on the lights. It's very cold. Um, so when she arrived, yes, um, and then we stayed in Holland for a couple of weeks to, to get, calm her down a bit. And then we took the boat from uh, Holland to England, and um, yeah, finally made our, our journey back to the UK. Um, but and, and that whole experience for her, I mean, yeah, she, she'd only known sand, um, yeah. you know, and and extreme heat. Then come into the UK where it's all green there's all these animals she's never met before so it was just hysterical you know seeing her see a squirrel for the first time a sheep (laughs) a cow you know she she'd be started she'd be like oh my goodness what's that and like running away and then coming back (laughs) uh, but she she is loving her UK life I mean We're very fortunate where we live. We're in uh, West Yorkshire and we have some amazing, beautiful walks around us. I mean, the Peak District is an hour away. The Dales is an hour away. And she just loves going on these, you know, long hikes. um, And you can just see her smiling. You literally see her smiling
0: oh bless that well I see your photos on because I obviously <laughs> follow you on social media and I see her smiling and she's just such a happy thing isn't she and oh, God, I've seen yeah. the yeah I remember you sending me the photos of her when you were in Dubai when she first came to live with you and stuff and oh just what a what an absolutely amazing dog and what an absolutely amazing um, thing that she has helped you to create because if you hadn't Seen her that day then you don't know what path your life would have taken you do you
1: no so exactly
0: <laughs> so can you tell us about when you came back from Dubai did you get a regular job again what happened um because I know there's a bit of a story with with your job and how that led you to mm-hmm. to do the doggy lottery so can you tell us about what happened when you came back and yeah. the kind of timeline I guess yes.
1: yes um I started working for a Chinese manufacturer um selling product ranges into supermarkets and discounters here in the UK and in Europe, um, it was a really, really great job. Um, but unfortunately, um, during the first lockdown, um, I first got put on furlough and then, um, I, yeah, I got made redundant um, and lost my job, which was absolutely horrific at the time. Yeah, uh, because you know that's your steady income and you know we have bills to pay. But it gave me the freedom and the push I needed to start Doggy Lottery because we're already working on, on, on the background of Doggy Lottery, but I had no idea how I'd be able to combine that um, with a full-time job. And, it, uh, yeah, as I said, it just gave me the push I needed. Um, you know, in hindsight, it was is what I needed, even though it was horrific at the time, but it helped me set up Doggy Lottery um, and um yeah I, I'm I'm happy I didn't have a job at the time because doggy lottery is full-on it's uh yeah. it's like combining three full-time jobs into one
0: <laughs> I can totally imagine because I see how much how much work you do and how yeah. I obviously see the things you do on social media and that is only the tip of the iceberg I imagine because you have all of the liaising the with the rescues and the the, yeah. the logistics of of running a lottery, I just wouldn't even know where to start. Um, but what would be really helpful, actually, would be is if you could tell us about, like, how how does Doggy Lottery work? I know, obviously, I know, but how does it work? <laughs> so people buy a ticket, and then how, did, how does all the... it's a, I know it's a not-for-profit, but how does it all work with the funding and the distribution and stuff with the rescues?
1: So we partner with um, five different rescue centres every mm. month. Uh, tickets cost £1.50, pound fifty. 60 percent of that goes to the charity fund 30 percent goes to the prize fund which is divided by 20 guaranteed weekly winners and then every participant that enters the lottery gets asked to vote for their favorite dog um, so the, the rescue centers um, highlight um, every week they highlight a dog and uh, which is uh, uh, can be a success story or a dog looking for a dog so the, mm-hmm. the people entering the lottery vote for their dog which is connected to the dog rescue center and then the more votes a center gets the bigger the share of the charity fund they receive at the end of the uh, four-week period.
0: Wow okay Um. so just before we started recording I was chatting to Lisette about one of the one of the charity one of the rescues in there which is um patterdale and lakeland rescue which is where i got my dog from so when i saw this flash up on my feed i was like (laughs) oh my gosh i've got to go and get myself a a doggy lotto ticket it's so brilliant i've seen um i'm in their facebook group and there's a rehoming group and then there's a patterdale group as well and they're all going absolutely bananas about it because it's just so brilliant um and just fantastic that they're getting support because gosh like charities in lockdown as you know I work as a journalist as well as doing this podcast and the publicity coaching and stuff but um you know I speak to a lot of rescues and charities you know on a regular basis and they're really struggling for funds they've not been able to have the shops open they've not been able to have the events stuff's been happening online but it's just not the same with without that footfall is it so um you know something like what you do with Doggy Lottery where you're giving you know you're donating these great amounts of money every week to these charities it really really does mean a lot and I know that from speaking to people on the ground and who who, who have donations and what every pound means it's just extraordinary isn't it so can you tell us about um you know about the kind of feedback you've had from the shells from the rescues uh what kind of things the doggy lottery funding has gone towards
1: yeah the but... The feedback has been so lovely i mean the, it's so overwhelming really because as you just said the the rescue centers are struggling even more so now in the in the pan during the pandemic um so they need every penny we can give them they can't um run their normal events the the rest the, the charity shops they own have been closed so it is so important that they find a different way of, of of getting money into the center so um, yeah they, they, they've been so grateful for the work we're doing um, the, the, the majority of times they say it goes to the huge vet bills yeah um because you know when they they rescue a dog um, it's it's the maintenance so the, the feeding of the dog the vaccinations neutering like neutering a dog cost them on average about 100 pounds so um and they have hundreds of dogs in this most of them have hundreds of dogs in their senses so you can imagine the huge vet bills they have so um yeah we're, ju- we're just grateful we can help them with that
0: so can you tell me then what was it like from a practical view um you know with you getting the whole idea off the ground how did you go about it <sighs>
1: Well, the best thing is that there's two of us. So, um, you know, that really helps uh, setting up a company because I I can't imagine what it would have been like doing this all on my own. Um, But we've had so many challenges. And the biggest one is even though we're a nonprofit and doing, you know, uh, uh, trying to raise money for a good cause, um, we do fall under gambling laws. Yeah. And um, their rules and regulations are so strict, so it was so hard finding a payment merchant to take the payment for the tickets, and even to find a bank that would be willing to deal with us. So those were the two biggest challenges uh, while setting up. And we've had many moments where we've been in tears and thinking, "Oh, you know, is this all worth it? Do should we continue?" Um, it's been a real battle. We've had to jump through so many hoops, um, and um, and even getting in the, during the start, even getting rescue centres to come on board because you know, who's doggy lottery that we yeah. weren't in? You know, we weren't in in the news. We weren't couldn't really be found anywhere, and yeah. and to convince them to then come on board. Uh, yeah, that was definitely a challenge. Luckily we've we've partnered with so many wonderful centers now and they've left testimonials that we can, can use to convince uh, new centers to come on board. So yeah, that's uh, that's really amazing
0: just a lot of a lot of grit and determination um from you there and I know from working with you uh that you've got that by the bucket load so can you tell me as well like, any like really heartwarming stories from the rescues I guess you hear so many of them don't you but can you are there any that really kind of stay in your mind about any particular dogs um sorry Patch we're just laughing because Patch has just jumped up on the chair next to me and he has his bum on the screen anyway Lizette tell us your heartwarming stories about the oh, rescue well,
1: yeah as you said we've We've had so many, um, it's so lovely building that relationship with the with the rescue centres and hearing about all the amazing work they actually do. Um, but this one uh, rescue centre uh, from a couple of rounds ago called Pause to Rescue, um, they were the first place winners of the round. Uh, we raised um, around £1,500 for them. And to thank us and to show their appreciation, they asked us to name their uh, latest rescue dog. Uh, so we were so honored. I mean, Lee had was nearly crying when he heard uh, the request. Um, and, uh, yeah, we named him Lotto, which uh, is obviously very appropriate for us. And um, he will be going up on our website as our latest brand ambassador. So yeah, super chuffed. And, yeah, it's, it's it. That's such a
0: lovely story for us. Yeah, so I think when you kind of put yourself in, as you have done when you came back from Dubai and you started doing your research and everything into the rescue centres, and then you realise what's going on, it's just incredible, isn't it? Um, what people, you know, what people do for these dogs and, you know, sacrifice so much, um, you know, families, partners, all kinds of things to you oh, know, just for the dogs. It's incredible, isn't it?
1: definitely yeah the majority of the centres are run by volunteers only and they have full-time jobs um they work themselves into the ground um all for the love of dogs it's it's truly uh inspiring
0: yeah absolutely um so I wanted to ask you I know we're in touch regularly but um and I obviously see all of your updates and everything but um tell me how much money you've raised so far so we're recording this in March it will probably go out <laughs> in April but um so On March the 11th, 2021, (laughs) how much money have you raised so far? You've been going for not even nine months, so hit me with it.
1: (laughs) Well, you're getting the exclusive because it's going out to uh, our supporters uh, later today. Uh, But our last uh, round has been record-breaking. We've uh, raised, for the latest five centres, we've raised over £4,400. Um, which takes our uh, total up to over 16,000 for 40 different rescue centres.
0: Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, wow. we're super, super proud. That's incredible. So well done. That's just brilliant, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so... I want to know as well and I know I already know this um, because I see you but it would be really helpful to know how you kind of got the word out there about Doggy Lottery so if we start with like I know you do a lot on social media don't you so can you tell me about how you started going from like as we do when we start something you're going from zero followers to having this where you've got lots of rescues contacting you lots of people getting involved sharing your stuff so how did you go about doing that?
1: Um so we've we started on three platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, but our biggest platform, by far most successful platform is Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is mainly also because um, the only th- commitment we ask the rescue centers when they come on board is if they can put out the message to their um, to their uh, supporters through social media. And the majority of the rescue centres only use Facebook. So Facebook is our, uh, you know, uh, what platform to focus on. And Mm -hmm. so the majority of our content goes out through there. Um, We engage with a lot of groups. There's so many dog-related groups on on Facebook. So we make sure we're we're part of those, um, and join the conversation, which is really important. And also follow... Um, you know, we started following um, our target audience. Yeah. So um, find the people that you know are interested in dogs, interested in charities, um, and, and, and starting a conversation with them. Following them, commenting on their posts, and um, and building up that that uh, connection with them. Um, and um, so social media is definitely uh, an important part yeah and i wish i could uh, dedicate uh, somebody full time on that because it is hard work yeah um, but apart from social media uh blogging is another one that's
0: hugely important
1: um and um publicity which is uh why i joined your group
0: <laughs> <laughs> fantastic okay so i know um i know we've been working together since september isn't it and i um We've, and we've kind of talked about loads of things haven't haven't we? we've talked about publicity but we've talked about blogging and and things like that as well haven't we and I know when it's come when we've been pitching and getting the word out there about doggy lottery like sometimes you've come you know you've kind of hit a bit of a wall haven't you or you know people um, yeah. don't say yes straight away or you, it can be challenging and people might ignore you or people might just you know you don't hear back and it's really disheartening because I'm so, yeah. kind of with you every week aren't I and I know yeah. and I, you know, obviously I try and help as much as I possibly can And um, so I would love and I know things are really things have really turned a corner for you now because you've done <laughs> had a brilliant run recently haven't you um yeah but first of all, I'd love you to tell us about the publicity that you've had recently. And then I'm going to ask you about the challenges that you faced and how you kind of what advice you would have out there for anyone listening who, um, you know, who might be thinking, oh, God, is it really worth it? Is there any point? So tell mm-hmm. me where tell me about the publicity that you've had since having Doggy Lottery and particularly your recent stuff.
1: Um, yeah, we've, it, it has snowballed. And um, we, so we've been in the Yorkshire Evening Post We've been in the Sun. We've been in Pet Gazette. We've been um, in on the Dog Vine. Um, we've been in. Um, uh, we're coming up to Wonder Dog soon. Um, that's being released soon. Um, the Portsmouth uh, News, Chichester News. Um, the local ones are really important. I think sometimes people forget those, but yeah. those are, are really important. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's just been amazing. And uh, we also had, we just won a, a small business award, mm-hmm. which uh, uh, awarded by Theopathitis, which I was super excited about because I've always been a fan of Dragon's Den. So when I saw, uh, it was actually through your group that, um, you know, um, this small business um, uh, award, or Small Business Sunday, it's called, Um, was running on Twitter by him, I was like, oh my goodness, I need to be part of this. Um, So uh, I actually pitched twice and the second one was lucky and uh, we got picked by him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, And that gave us, again, more content uh, for press releases and uh, that got picked up as well. And I think because um, once you get one article out there, in, in for example for us the yorkshire evening post and you build up that relationship with with a journalist um the the next time you send a, a story they're more likely to pick it up because you're building that relationship with them and it's that's so important um so yeah really lucky and, and super super happy with uh, the results that' have been coming in
0: brilliant so people need to know about doggy lottery anyway and i know we're, i know we've talked about this on on the sessions and stuff but i think in time it will you'll we'll also have the rescues talking about the fact that they've got the grants uh not the grants with the fact that they've got the big donations um and it could work where the focus is on the rescue and the re- and then you know obviously the donations come from doggy lottery so i think there's so much potential for for, for oh, you definitely. to get the word out there and now that you've got that momentum because you've now got the rescues coming to you and and you've built relationships with journalists and you kind of got the momentum going haven't you yes. um it you know once you get that going it does become easier, but I want you to talk about the challenges and when you get the knockbacks or you get ignored. So tell me about, tell me about, you know, how you get through those. Cause I love the fact that you are always so resilient and positive and you never let anything get to you. Um, And I think people need to know, people need to hear about what, what to do with this and not feel rubbish. Even me, like I do also feel rubbish when I get knockbacks. So tell me about that.
1: Oh, well, I, my biggest advice is just never give up um, and keep at it. Just keep creating those press releases. Um, it took, I think it was the fifth press release before somebody actually picked it up. Yeah. Um, so And, and you know, the first time I sent out a press release, I was getting excited. I was like, oh, I've got the, the journalist I need to send yeah. it to. The message is right. The picture's right. Um, and then you get a silence. And the silence is even worse than a no. Because yes. you're like, did they hear it? Did they see it? Sorry. Um, Why? 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 It's such amazing news. Why, why are they not picking it up? But, you know, you've got to bear in mind, this journalist doesn't know about you, you know, and it's finding the right header, the right pitch that it clicks and they pick it up. Um, So... It took, as I said, a couple of uh, press releases and you were so good at, at, at coaching me and, you know, uh, giving me the confidence that I was doing everything right. It, it was just I needed to keep keep going. Yeah, basically. And every time I wrote a press release, um, it, it built built up my confidence as well, because yes. you're getting better at, at, at creating your message and focusing on what you want to get across um and and don't forget that every press release you write, it's not lost content because then we changed it into a blog post we used it on social media so you're never doing anything you know for nothing you can yeah. use it in some way or another um and yeah so it's it's finding different angles keep at it keep sending it to the even the same journalist uh because as I've seen with this one particular journalist it took five times but in the end she's published it so um yeah yeah, determination
0: (laughs) (laughs) definitely the other thing I was going to say as well and we talked about this on this podcast and we talk about it a lot like when we're chatting don't we but your personal stories are really compelling one as well and I think sometimes as a business owner people think oh you know I can just talk about my business and you know this is you know I just want people to know about what I do but actually your story about beauty I know we've talked about it loads today that's really compelling and people are really I know you've done it obviously but it's really I think it's really important to get those personal stories out there even if you are a bit shy and you might be thinking oh it's yes, not about, I don't scary. want it to be about me it is isn't it but yeah it makes a difference
1: it does make a difference because at the end of the day people relate with people not with with a business um so yes it's scary and you're like why would somebody be interested in my story but they are it's just taking that step and and doing it and yeah. um yeah yeah it's uh, it's definitely helped me <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so tell me what's next for doggy lottery then
1: oh well I've got so, well, we've got so many ideas. Um, we've obviously only just scraped the surface of the amount of rescue centres out there needing our help. Uh, we've only uh, helped 40 up to now, and I know there's, there's approximately 800 centres out there, so uh, we've got a lot more work to do. Uh, but um, one of our long-term goals, apart from raising money, is um, raising awareness and making a positive difference to uh, the number of dogs that get abandoned through education
0: mm-hmm.
1: so we're already working on that as you mentioned through our blog posts and social media um, but we uh, want to set up some uh, bigger campaigns that we can run through different outlets and partner up with uh, with experts um, so we're working on that at the moment and this is very uh early early days but we're working and um, very exciting we're working on a range of ethical merchandise but
0: mm-hmm. there's
1: not much I can I can say about that yet
0: yeah brilliant it sounds like it's all fitting together though um which is fantastic and and as you say you know just keeping keeping things moving forward isn't it and actually for you know for you to help 40 rescues out of 800 is that's a huge figure that's <laughs> absolutely fantastic in such a short amount of time so if people are listening and whether they are a pet professional who might want to get involved with you or somebody involved in rescue or somebody somebody just looking looking to want to do their bit um to help rescue dogs in this country uh, what's the best way to go about it how can people get in touch with you
1: um so to help raise money and buy a lottery ticket go to www.doggylottery.co.uk. uk. You can follow us on social media at Doggy Lottery. Um, if you have any um, uh, rescue centres that you think should be part of Doggy Lottery or you would like to work to us, our email is info at doggylottery.co.uk.
0: Brilliant. OK, well, Lizette, thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> it's been brilliant talking to you It's um, and learning even more about doggy lottery um so thank you and i'm wishing you so so much luck for everything that you've got coming up um, and continuing the fabulous work that you do thank you
1: thank you so much rachel it's been a real pleasure enjoy talking to you as always and uh yeah super happy you've been part of our journey since the start
0: well thank you thank you for listening to the publicity for pet businesses podcast For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.